Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. is Driving Life. Welcome to episode 7, where I meet Henry McKean, News Talk's roving reporter. Henry's gentle tones have been part of the radio landscape for 20 years. We chat about his experience moving to Ireland from Scotland as a teenager and his driving adventures and misadventures as he covers the country talking to local people. Along the way, we learn that he once played rugby with Brian O'Driscoll and he is not 46th in line to the British throne. Let's go and meet him. Henry McKean, uh, I'm delighted to meet you. Thanks very much for the chat. Oh, Connor, thank you so much for having me. Um, we meet in Marconi House, which is um, News Talk's headquarters. Uh, I used to be in and out of here a lot. But you did? Between, yeah. But between COVID and um, me not working for the AA anymore, it's uh, it's nice to pop in and see lots of familiar faces. There's there's activity in the building again. Well, Connor, it's great to have you back. And I feel privileged. Normally, it's the other way around. I'm chatting with you uh, either outside the AA or near my car that you're getting started or whatever it might be. So it's great to have you here in a different capacity. Yes, yeah, slight role reversal, because normally in life, you're always the one doing the interviewing. And, and normally in my life, I'm always the one answering the questions. Uh, n- yeah, and I, if I do suddenly ask you questions, I apologise in advance, because yeah. that's not what this is about. Well, there you go. The, the blind <laughs> shall lead the blind. Henry McKean, um, look, people will know your, your, your sort of one, wonderful voice with its slight touch of British to the accent and that sort of refined, gentle style that you have. And you've been coming out of speakers at us for... How long have you been well, I mean, in Con- News Talk? Connor, I mean, this year it's 2022, even though yeah. I keep thinking it's 2020, because <laughs> the last two years have just vanished uh, into thin air, but we're coming out of it now, fingers crossed. Uh, but I've been involved now in News Talk. Uh, at the start, it was called News Talk 106, and it was yeah. just a Dublin station uh, back in uh, 2002. So for, I, I've actually wow. been knocking about the... Uh, you know, uh, News Talk HQ for 20 years, which is really quite hard to say because I like to think of myself as fresh and new. Yeah, I know. Um, And it creeps up on you, though, doesn't it? I mean, I wound up 30 years in the AA. Wow. And and the the later it got, I was almost embarrassed when people mentioned the number, thinking, can that much of my life have passed by? Oh, my goodness me. So when you started in the AA, they had helicopters doing the traffic. Um, That's what we were... Yeah, we were kind of famous for that at at one stage. Um, And, yeah, we used to fly a Robinson helicopter out of um, Western Aerodrome in Leakslip. And um, it, it often it couldn't fly because it was such a delicate little thing. And so occasionally we had a big four-seater replacement chopper. Um, and when we had that, we were able to sneak people into the back seat. So <laughs> I was able to give my brother and his fiance wow. a helicopter trip over Dublin. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, and that, and back then, that was the only way to actually work out traffic. Hmm. Now there's so many different ways. You know, we CCTV and we can use... Yeah. Google Earth and, and, and everyone's phones are connected, even if you don't realise it, and they can they can read the traffic. Yeah, di- different world to the, mm. the times we've lived through. But if you wind back then, mm. uh, what, what brought you to that? Because you, you have an interesting background. Yeah, so, so I mean, I actually, another Connor, Connor Pope, uh, texted me out of the blue and said, where am I from? And, and tell me a little bit about, you know, he wanted to know where I was from. And I was born in England. Mm. Uh, uh, we moved to Kuwait. Then we moved to Scotland, and my, my dad is Scottish, and my dad worked in the airlines, and then we moved to Ireland because of a, 
uh, a job he got in an Irish airline, which we won't name, <laughs> um, but you can guess. Right. <laughs> and so we, we, we joined this at the time at High Fares Airline. Uh, and my dad always says that he helped made it, make it a, a low fares airline. Uh, and we moved in 1990 to right. Ireland during Italian 90, uh, during how that when the country was going crazy uh, for football, for soccer uh, and getting into the quarterfinals. So there was a real buzz and there was a real hope in Ireland back then for the future. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was a fantastic time going back to uh, you know, 1990. It, yeah, uh, that was a brilliant time to arrive in Ireland mm. because, I mean, the 80s were utterly grim in Ireland but if you could put a date on when it yes. changed you probably would pick maybe oh, something like Italian I, I mean it was great I mean there was I mean talking of cars there was a lot of Nissan Micras on the road I mean yeah. do you remember the old 1980s ones they were everywhere and there was lots of starlets, starlets as well Toyota starlets yeah. we loved our Japanese cars we still do Japanese imports were a bit Japanese imports still, still couldn't get over the amount of Japanese cars on the road when I was only a boy but I was like everyone's driving a Japanese car yeah. and um, were you a driver at that time well I no, I mean, I used to You're always want a Peugeot or a Peugeot, depending on yeah. whichever one it is. I think here they brand it as uh, Peugeot, uh, and in the UK it's uh, Peugeot, or mm. is it the other way around? I, I don't know, maybe these things morph and change. Um, yeah. but, but, you know, there used to be an ad on the TV, uh, and the girl said to the man, nice car. Uh, can you show me uh, what it can do? It always sticks in my head. And I used to say to my dad, why didn't you get a Peugeot? Peugeot. And um, by, by just pure coincidence, all these years later, yeah. I am in a 3008. I am driving a, a, a Peugeot, uh, which is a great driver, a lovely cruise. But going back, what, why, how did I get into radio? Uh, Steve Wright in the afternoon. Mm. Glenn's Coaches. It was a bus company. It used yeah. to bring us from Kilmacombe, which is in the west of Scotland, near Greenock, near Port Glasgow, to Glasgow City Centre, because I went to school in Glasgow City Centre. Right. And the bus on the way home used to have Steve Wright in the afternoon, mm. who's now on BBC Radio 2, but it was BBC Radio 1 in the 80s, in about 86. And I used to think, he's having such a good time. Yeah. He's getting paid to talk on the radio, play music and have fun. Mm. And I used to say to the career guidance counsellors, from then on, I want to work in radio. And they used to go, what are you thinking? And, the, and what was the other? Was it no, Henry, be an accountant or no, be a lawyer? They, they didn't really know what to do with me, to be honest. They, they, they never really guided me in, in what I should do or become. Uh, but I used to, I knew, I mean, lots of friends and even, even now, the kids at home aren't sure what they want to do. But I knew from about the age of 10, I want to work in radio. Wow. Uh, so you followed the dream, uh, but you wound up then in Ireland. What age were you when you moved I to was, Ireland? I was 12 going on 13, and, and I also wanted to present Top of the Pops, which is <laughs> no longer. Yeah. Uh, oh, I wanted to like become a, a VJ, I think they were called, on mm. MTV. That never happened. And I wanted to work in music radio. I wanted to be a DJ. I wanted to be a right. disc jockey. I ended up in talk radio, <laughs> and I did a degree in journalism. And, and uh, you know, I, I do like, uh, you know, stories. For example, I, I do love... Um, listening to the radio. I also like watching, uh, keeping an eye on what's going on in the UK with Boris. And obviously yeah. there's so much going on oh, over it's there. Such a soap opera, uh, oh, it's, it? it's, it's fantastic. But, and, you know, even in, in the news at the moment with Russia and Ukraine, I do, even growing up, I admit, I used to like watching the news on the TV, listening to it on the radio, mm. uh, which was quite unusual for my for my age. You weren't out so off young. kicking a football around. Or... I was forced to play rugby. I went to a rugby school in Scotland and here uh, and they, they, I suppose forcing is the wrong word, but if you weren't good at tennis or swimming or some other sport, you were playing rugby and that was it. Right. So, Are you any so, good at rugby? Uh, no, uh, I wasn't. But there was a guy uh, on my team that went on to, to uh, he went up 
the, the yeah. ladder in the teams and had a career in rugby. Uh, uh, in my, he was in my under 13s uh, uh, rugby team or under 12s, and he went on and became the superstar Brian O'Driscoll. So I did. Um, I was in geography class with him. Well, and, you were uh, in geography class with Brian and, Or he was in geography class with me, yeah. depending on how you want to look at it. But, you know, I was around rugby royalty, even though I didn't realise it. I just thought I was rubbish. Maybe I wasn't that rubbish. Maybe everyone but around you, me was you, brilliant. Can you honestly say that you were you, you were on a team with Brian O'Driscoll? Uh, yes, briefly. Very ah. briefly. I was about 11, 12. Well, you know, still a proud boast. Still <laughs> a proud boast. Um, so mm. you, you, you settled in Ireland as sort of having been a sort of peripatetic come uh, sort of British-Scottish mm. uh, young child. Uh, you're then an Irish teenager, so to speak. Yeah, was, it, was that an easy uh, uh, No, I mean, it, well, I mean, it used to be called Haggison School. And I, I remember a, a friend, he's a friend now, he used to call me Haggis. Uh, he used to be a bit mean to me. He used to uh, say Brits out. I mean, remember the, the troubles yeah. were, were going on then. It was just, he, you know, he wasn't a, a little mini Republican or anything. He he was just giving me a bit of stick because I was uh, from uh, abroad. You know, in a sense, uh, uh, as happens in, in schools mm. since time immemorial, we're oh. a little bit more aware oh, now no, of how a little, nasty that can be. A little be, bullying. But, but no, it was I was actually okay. I had older brothers and I had another friend uh, called Jamie who used to protect me from the bullies. So I was lucky. No one would mess with me because I used to be mates with this big guy. So I was lucky. But if I didn't have that big guy, Jamie, I would have, uh, I probably would have got my head kicked in a few times. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, moving over, like our granny was from Ireland. She was from East Cork. So there was an Irish connection. And my mum obviously is half Irish. I'm a quarter Irish. Yeah. And I, I met up with relatives in, in Cork not that long ago um, when I went on a camper van tour, a traditional Volkswagen camper van last summer uh, for Newstalk. I, I did a camper van tour. And off tape, without the cameras or the radio equipment, I met up with uh, my third cousins in East Cork, which Very was lovely, lovely. which yeah. was really, really which nice. Which was lovely. And, and so that debunks a couple of mysteries for, for, for me and maybe for some other people. Because wasn't there an April Fool wind up a few years back that said you were like oh, you've four, a good 40th in yeah, line? Yeah, the... people still to this day, 46th <laughs> to the, to, in line to the throne. And my now wife, I got her to pretend to be a Cambridge University genealogist and she played along. Uh, and she still holds it against me, uh, but yeah, um, I, that is that was an April Fool's. I am not connected to royalty, even though I've covered various royal weddings, uh, Will and Kate's, and 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 uh, Harry and Meghan's, and and I've been privileged to go to Buckingham Palace and um, and also to Windsor and, and what have you, and met Diana oh, all wow. those years yeah. ago back in back in Scotland in 1988 uh, with Charles and uh, I always tell the story you probably heard the story mm. before Connor but you know she she was electric she walked into the room with yeah. Charles they were still you know there, there was three in the marriage even then it was 1988 uh, and um, a very attractive woman even though I was 10 extremely and, charismatic uh, and, yeah and she had these massive eyes and she just um, didn't really speak and Charles just said are you, you working hard in school and, and, <laughs> and uh, we said yes your highness and he just said don't call me your Highness, call me Charles. And like ever since then, I have been interested in the royal family, even though it's very much a soap opera. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it's basically Dallas or my big fat gypsy wedding. It's it's fun, <laughs> but they are real people with real feelings. And and I'm not a royalist at all. If anything, I, I'm a, a Republican, but I am interested yeah. what they get up to. Travelling with Expressway and your free travel pass is made easier with a reserved seat. When booking journeys at expressway.ie, make sure to select Seat-Only Reservation Free Travel Scheme and pay just €2 Euro per trip to guarantee your seat. Bookings can also be made from ticket machines in stations and priority boarding will be given to those who book in advance. Travel without a booking is still more than welcome, if you prefer, provided we have space on board.
Take it easy with your free travel pass and expressway.ie. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times, the magazine and website for people who don't act their age. Or maybe you have a loved one or a friend who you know would love to read more. You can buy a subscription and have the magazine delivered direct to their door. To subscribe to Senior Times, visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash seniortimes. It is fascinating, isn't it? Because you look in on other people's mm. lives. And, and then, so you, you made a career in News Talk. It feels to me as if you sort of carved a niche for yourself. It's, an, it's not as if News Talk went out and said, OK, we want to get this guy mm. with, with no particular brief who just roves out there mm. and, and, and talks to Irish mm. people and assembles. And what you wind up putting together is, I, I just think, really, on the one hand, very charming and, and friendly, um, sort of vox pop type featurette conversations with people, but also gives you lots of little vignettes and looks into Irish life. Life, it? Well, I mean, Connor, I know somebody said to me, you know, recently that I kept them, you know, sane through the lockdown because they could hear what the other Irish public were yeah. thinking, what their thoughts were on being locked down or having to work from home or, or whatever it might be. Uh, but I, I was, you know, it really is just a snapshot when I go out and meet people like for today, today I was out speaking to people and you don't know what you're going to get. You really don't. So, Even though the, the producers say to me, can you go off and do this? And I would come back and say, well, I know you asked me to do this, but yeah. I've come back with this. It's almost like going uh, to a supermarket and buying the wrong thing. But you, you just don't know what the public are going to say. And it's very much about them. It's very yeah. much about what they have to say. Uh, and I can't put words in their mouth. All I can do is listen. And I try and do is, is make them the star and make them the story, uh, not so, me. So, so th- it feels like there isn't a typical day. But if, but if there's one thing that happens almost every day, you, you're on the move. So you, you, yes. you drive a lot, don't you? Well, you I, I do. I try not to talk about it. I try not to admit it, um, that, that I would be driving an awful lot. And I know I've struggled with it's my weight. It's like admitting to, be a, to being a smoker, <laughs> isn't it? Well, so now with the environment and stuff like that and uh, electric cars, and just to say I'm not quite ready for an electric car because... Um, I trialled them and I run out of electricity a few times and because it just doesn't work for me. I think if you live in a county and you don't leave that county, fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I would drive a lot. And uh, I was a very late driver. Um, oh. It was news talk that, that, that encouraged me to learn to drive because I, I, I didn't actually pass my test until I was 27. Oh, right. That and is I, quite late. And I shouldn't admit this as well. It took me till my third go to get it. Ah, um, well, that could I happen struggled. to a bishop. Um, I was the same. I was very mm. late actually learning how to drive. And for me, the barrier was uh, was money because at the time, um, insurance is expensive now. People still mm. give out about it. But in relative terms, for, like when I was in my 20s, insurance for a young man mm. was, was absolutely prohibitive. Oh, I mean, you know, I'd say it was more huge than the money cost then. of the car. I'd say it was massive. Yeah. Um, but you know, for, for, for good reasons are ill. There's no such thing as gender in insurance anymore, which essentially means the yes. young women subsidise the young men. 
Okay. So it's not quite so prohibitive. Um, and, and overall, even though we gripe about it, um, when you stand back, the price has actually come down. It's not quite the same problem it was. So anyway, you're you're late to driving, but news talk. Yeah, ve you... very late. And and I drove a scooter. I drove a Vespa, uh, an orange one, a retro one. So it wasn't a, a, a you know one from the 1960s. Uh, in 2004, I drove that around the city. And I remember trying to get from Dublin City Centre to Tala in the snow one year. And it, Tala used to be so far. How can I do this? Yeah. And then I got upgraded to a smart car, which was Swatch, the watchmaker, yes, and yeah, Mercedes yeah. coming together. And I remember driving that to Cork before they'd finished off the motorways. It took me six hours, and the wind would catch it and it would blow to the fast lane, and you just indicate because you couldn't admit the wind quarter, <laughs> and it would only go 90 kilometers per hour. Uh, I they just, were city. They're not fit really to be sent well, out no, into the city wild cars, to city, to Cork. No, city cars, and it was actually during the Ryder Cup, so 2006. News talk went nationwide, and I had to be in Cork uh, the morning of us going nationwide, and I drove the smart car down. I got there in the end, uh, I, I, so that that was always an interesting drive. And my, I want to mention my parents' cars, Beetles. They drove Volkswagen oh, no, Beetles. Yeah. Uh, they had those old Volvo estates. Uh, they had the, some really the, interesting the, when cars. When you say that, that was the the old what people would refer to as the boxy Volvo. The boxy one, the yeah. one from the 19, late classic. 70s, yeah. early 80s, that's now considered very hipster. You yeah. see the hipsters in them these days. Yeah. Uh, but one of those, and and, and we so actually you were, you were a hipster before it was fashionable. Well, th this is I remember I, I, it was great, and uh, we we emigrated to Ireland in that Volvo estate, uh, <laughs> which was so it's got fond memories for that Volvo. But here uh, in Ireland, after that, I drove a Daihatsu Terios, very very popular mm. by NGOs uh, during that Haiti. Uh, uh, earthquake, um, very, very popular with NGOs in general. Drove that for many years. Mm. Uh, and then I drove a Ford Cougar, w which was a great drive, big, strong yes. thing. Uh, and now I'm in a, um, I mentioned a Peugeot 3008 uh, automatic, okay. which and is it, an easy drive. It, it, well, of course, you, you, you've, um, how many, you, your baby Sophia, I think, wasn't it born in, you? how many children have you now? I, I, I have, um, there's three at home, and, and Kit uh, was born, um, uh, baby Kit, he's no longer a baby, he's turning four. Oh, wow. uh, in February, uh, they grow up quick. They do. Uh, and my my wife uh, drives a um, a, a Ford. There's a Ford connection there. We do like Fords, even though I, I also like Peugeot. I'm not, I'm not contracted to say that, <laughs> but I have to mention that I do drive a, a Peugeot. Um, but um, uh, yeah, uh, a Ford. Uh, it's a Mondeo, and the Mondeos are being phased out. I understand mm. soon. Um, but the Mondeo's great. It's really wide, big boot. Um, and I get to drive that a bit, but it's very much my wife's car, not mine. Well, when you do have kids, uh, as uh, I, mean, I remember myself, mm. uh, anything you might have thought about cars in terms of uh, what you wanted in them, just out the door on pure practicality, you, you want a car that will oh. carry loads of stuff, double buggies and bikes. You do, and, yeah. and you need reliability. And, and I have been lucky, thanks to, to the AA. I, no long, I know you're not with them anymore, but yeah. I, I remember uh, meeting Will and Kate at the storehouse, had a blowout, had another blowout in, in the port tunnel, <laughs> uh, run out of fuel when I just started, when we went, first went nationwide, I misjudged the gauge, let's leave it there, yeah. uh, and the AA came out to rescue me, so I've been rescued a lot, and I just want to say thank you uh, for the, all the rescues over the years. Well, there you go. I, 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 if I was still in there, I would be uh, mm. looking, pulling up the computer system saying, just how expensive is this Well, I, I was definitely making you a loss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it was always a pleasure, Henry. Yeah. Um, so so it, there isn't a typical day, but but yeah. how, how does it start for you? Well, I mean, I mean, do, do, you, do you concern yourself with the news well, agenda of the day? Well, yeah, so, so I would try and keep an eye out on, on what the other radio stations are doing, what we're doing. I would also look on, on social media. We would have meetings with producers, 
either via Zoom or in person. Today we're, we're here in News Talk, so I'm actually getting to look people in the eye. Uh, and today I'm working on various projects. Some of them are going to air today, some of them are going to air t tomorrow. So a bit of juggling today. And I'm very much um, in the city today, and I'm actually getting my car as a treat I'm getting it valeted or valeted, oh, very nice. which is which is terrible to admit, uh, because the car gets filthy, especially this time of the year. And I'm on the road a lot, eating out of petrol stations, driving a lot, and you know, trying to remain alert, yeah, and, and just keeping an eye out. And just the changes in Ireland, uh, not just to the infrastructure, uh, but everything. I mean, the roads changed so much from 2006 onwards, and now uh, cyclists and pedestrians are first. Uh, so a real difference. Yeah. Big well, changes. I tell you, it's it's not just the the infrastructure we can see. Mm. I mean, if you're a on how much Ireland's Irish society mm -hmm. has changed in that period of time. It is a, it really does feel like a totally different and much better uh, country. And I guess you've been witness to that. Uh, how, how do you feel we came through the pandemic? I mean, you, you were one of the few people well, who was actually... I, 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 I carried on working, um, like, like many, and we were considered frontline, like supermarket workers or what have you. Um, Media was an essential service. We, we were, and we were trying to bring people the news, also bring them entertainment as yeah. well. Um, so I, I found myself working a lot uh, in the midst of the pandemic in, in 2000, um, uh, quite close to where I live, uh, like in the kind of um, uh, Leinster area. And then when they lifted the restrictions, I would travel a little bit more widely. But I was allowed to continue to travel to bring stories uh, uh, to the radio station, uh, to News Talk. Um, but I, I was able to carry on pretty much normally, except that I was working more and more from the car. I, I, I turned the, 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 the 3008 the into, into an office it? and I'd sit in the back and I'd do some work. Um, I, you know, I was definitely doing that. I used to get very hot in the summer. I remember yeah. being in Virginia, just gone in 2001, the hottest day of the year. Uh, 2021. Uh, uh, it, it, sorry, I just skipped 20 years. Yeah, what no, just yeah, happened? Yeah. Thank well, you for that. Know, it's the story of our lives, isn't well, it? You blinked the last two 20 years, years is gone. Yeah, it, it, last year it was um, roasting. I had to have all the windows open. And then just recently I was freezing. I nearly said freezing my balls off. I think we can say that because <laughs> it's a podcast. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, was, it, it was challenging, but I had it pretty easy. I wasn't stuck at home. Mm -hmm. Let's say my wife was stuck at home a lot, working from home and bringing up the kids. I, I wasn't frontline like, like hospital workers or doctors or, yeah. or nurses or working in a nursing home for minimum wage and, and watching your patients die in front of you. I, I, I had it pretty easy and my job was to try and bring entertainment, bring a bit of news. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it was it was all right. It was OK. And, and, you know, it did help. I mean, like, you know, lots of these things, there were, there were little kind of social stitches and, and it was kind of nice to, uh, to hear ordinary human stories from up and down the country. Um, what's tickling your fancy at the moment? I mean, in the last little while, what are the what are the, the the little stories or little people that you've met that you've enjoyed? Yeah, like for example, I went to the pub uh, just on Saturday night. Uh, it went the the night after or well, the morning, yeah. the, the, the day that Saturday where uh, uh, restrictions were lifted, and it was almost like the pandemic never happened, even though it was still very much in the pub. I'm sure yeah. it was full of COVID. I don't know how I'm okay, um, but uh, what am I am I looking at? I want to go to the states. I want to go to America, yeah. uh, and I want to go over to London and do um, stuff on Boris and stuff like that. Uh, I, I want to travel. I want to get back in the camper van again and do yeah. more camper vanning stuff. Um, and there's a few other projects that are coming up that I want to get involved in. And I just want to be more open to new ideas. Yeah. Um, see what, what 
you know the, the year brings you know we've got through january well it, it's it, there is a sense of excitement about mm. it and i think we i hope that we're going to mm. head into the roaring 20s um, well, this is it and i think and obviously i'm married but i think i could feel love in the air in the pub <laughs> i think there's going to be romance i think there's going to be a lot of children born i was hoping, i was hoping it'd be a bit like uh, you know when eventually came along it'd be a bit like the, the liberation of paris where it would be just one universal party yes. i actually don't think it's been like that i mean firstly the the lockdown seemed to be lifted you know, fa- faster than the Allied tanks rolled in. It, it was so quick. I it mean, it was so unbelievably quick, yeah. quick um, and, how and, it all happened. Yeah, and so we're all a little shell-shocked. And I think um, uh, 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 it, it'll take a bit of adjustment. I mean, the city centre, to me, still feels a little bit tragic. Very quiet today very and very quiet, very yeah. dull and quiet, surprisingly so, because uh, during the pandemic, I would do I would interview a lot of people at out-of-town shopping centres because that's yeah. where you'd get footfall. People still needed food, and, and, and they, but they didn't want to come to the city centre or they needed clothes. Uh, uh, but yeah... I think things are going to be very, very different, but the same. And the young people, uh, we'll, we'll pull through. We're going to get through. Mm. And, you know, it won't be the same. There's going to be hybrid working. A lot of those coffee shops, a lot of those pubs, once they take away all the pandemic payments, will close down. Yeah. Uh, when you move all that government money out, uh, we're going to see who survives. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, at the moment, city centres, town mm. centres are, mm. are the ones that are challenged. And the pandemic has had winners as well as losers. Some businesses have done brilliantly. Uh, I'd suggest some of the out-of-town shopping centres might have done well too, but but urban centres oh, have been... They're, they're, in, they're in big trouble and obviously um, uh, Amazon, I'm not just picking on Amazon, but a lot of these companies have benefited hugely and uh, Zoom and what have you, Zoom calls, uh, you don't necessarily have to look, we're looking at each yeah. other in the eye, which is amazing because yeah, normally we'd be coming off a Zoom call, but I'm actually in the same room as you. And, and three years mm. ago, if we'd mm. mentioned a Zoom call, you know, people look at you like two heads. What yeah. on earth is that? Yeah. Um, so, so funny how funny how the world changes. But um, is your world likely to change? Or are you are you just going to uh, embrace post pandemic life and jump back into it? Yeah. I mean, I, I have to say, I, I I try to carry on as normal as I could within within the restrictions within the rules. I have this big long microphone, so it's now two meters long. It used to be a microphone up close, like yeah. you'd see on the TV, but now it's two meters. I'll keep that. Um, I'm still not shaking hands again. I need to get round to that yeah. I, I like i'm still i'm still not quite there i'm still a little bit wary even though i did say i spent a number of hours in a pub uh which, yeah, <laughs> which is probably the that, biggest risk yeah, I, took. I think i think that's a lingering feeling with all mm, of us really mm. and it's sort of a new layer of social etiquette you, do, do you offer your hand mm. do you offer your elbow uh, <laughs> one more thing to worry about it's a bit like being a tourist in france and you're not sure whether you kiss somebody on the cheek or not no, or whether you, it's I, once or twice and that's the thing you mentioned france i'd love to go on a club med to france if i can somehow figure out how to afford it but i would love uh, to, to, to travel again and I did love travel mm. 2019 I was in Israel I was in Abu Dhabi uh, I was in Japan all on work yeah. trips I was away an awful lot and I was in Ireland all over the place Rose of Tralee I think I was away for months on end uh, so in 2020 it was nice to spend time at home because then the boy was only one going on two so it was it was great to be able to spend a bit of yeah. time with him Actually, so there were advantages fell, fell quite well no, it, it did and I am a home but I do like being at home I remember doing a speech somewhere and someone said what's, what's your ideal of heaven and I said, being in my dressing gown at home and closing the curtains on the front door and knocking the front door, which is so antisocial. Yeah, I but, but I do. I did like the antisocialness of lockdown, which is not very cool to say. I know, but but it was it was it was different. So I mean, for sheer novelty, it was a life adjustment for lots of people. And now, you know, we're we're stepped out into the sunlight and we're all sort of blinking and our eyes are trying to adjust. It's, it is. To... It's strange. What do we do? Do we just pretend it didn't happen? Do we carry on as normal? Um, so yeah, it's it's going to take some well, time. I go, I go with my prescription: party time. The 
roaring 20s. Here <laughs> well, we come. Th- this is it. I, I like, for example, Mark Simpson, uh, uh, an editor here, talks about it being the roaring 20s. And I hope it is. And I hope people are going to have a lot of fun. Mm. They're going to hug again. They're going to kiss again. There's going to be relationships all over the place. Uh, and, and, you know, people smile and they're happy. The economy improves. And we stop fighting each other and bickering. Yeah, I know. Um, so look, that's a that's a kind of a positive thought. Um, and and you're going to keep on doing it. And if if something miraculous did happen, if you did win the Euro Millions, uh, and uh, you know, before just before you mm. you pulled on the dressing gown and shut the front door, would you flick through a car catalogue and say, like, do you know what? Like d- during the the, the the pandemic or recently, James Bond came out. Have you seen it? Have you seen the new James oh, Bond? I did. Yeah, so yeah, we I won't did. say what happens. But you know, I was a bit disappointed with the film. But as part of promoting the film, I was allowed to drive an, an Aston Martin car, oh, uh, wow. a James Bond car. Don't ask me which one it was. Um, I presume it wasn't the DB7, the classic 90s. No, it wasn't genre, that one. Yeah. It was a more modern one. Advantage? Oh, the, the Advantage. Yeah. Yes, yes. And that was something else. And I was driving it around the Black Mountains in Belfast. And I, I remember afterwards, uh, my wife said, what was it like? I said, pleasant. And it, uh, and, you didn't I, have the James Bond theme playing in your head. Uh, well, I, I well, I kind of did. And I, and, I, and the, <laughs> the the guy from the garage who was helping me do the test drive, uh, you know, I was lots of terrible James Bond puns I was throwing uh. at him. But it was, um, you know, shaken but not stirred. But it really was uh, an experience. And if I did win the Euro Millions, I'd buy one. They're about one hundred fifty thousand sterling, two hundred something thousand euros. A very mere pleasant drive. Bagatelle to the Euro Millions uh, winner, yeah. and, and just absolutely a gorgeous drive very comfortable and not too flash you know not a ferrari not a porsche yes yeah it's sort of not quite the vulgar end of, of no lean, exactly yeah. like you know I, I didn't feel like a footballer driving it you know um. <laughs> um well there you go uh, henry it's been a real pleasure to talk to you i know we'll talk again because our, our paths do cross um and whether in this building or somewhere else um and with a bit of luck we'll get a pint in peter's pub one of these oh, no, uh, absolutely and, and end is reopen and i'm just so pleased that the pubs are back and the atmosphere is back crack is back crack which is, is back brilliant yeah and and hopefully you'll be rescuing me on the side of the road soon well, again uh, I, I i look forward to that um henry thanks a million thank you Connor. so that's henry good to see he's enjoying life and i'm sure we'll be hearing plenty more from him this has been driving life with Connor falkman i hope you enjoyed it if you did enjoy it or bits of it then have a click and check out our previous episodes you'll find them on the website seniortimes.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Driving Life with Connor Faulkner. And if you want to get in touch, you can email connorfaulkner at gmail.com. So until next time, drive safely, live happily, and come back and see us again. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.